This is Cruise Radio. Your New Year's resolution should be to always travel with travel insurance. Find a policy today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Coming up on today's show, we'll have Commander Amy Trefoletti. She's the uh, chief of the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program. Uh, it's her team that actually goes on board the ships and gives them them passing or failing grades during the USPH inspection. So I got some questions from you, the listener, on our Facebook page. So we're going to have Amy on and ask Amy some of those questions. Also, Sherry Kennedy is standing by with Cruise News. Next week's show will be broadcasting from Carnival. Of Magic, doing a seven-night sailing this weekend out of Cape Canaveral um, to Costa Maya, Cozumel, Belize City, and Mahogany Bay. Uh, sailing with Carnival Cruise Lines brand ambassador John Hild on this one. We'll have him on the show next week, too, or we'll try to, and uh, see if we can get John to answer some questions about the uh, Carnival Cruise Line camp. He's always quick to talk about it. So uh, if you want to follow along, by the way, uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all Cruise Radio, so very easy to find. And of course, you can hear our shows at cruiseradio.net, or just punch it in on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or uh, Apple Podcasts. So with that said, Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line has brought another ship to Florida. They have. Carnival Cruise Line has doubled their capacity in the Port of Tampa as the Carnival Miracle is now sailing year-round from this West Coast Florida port. Previously, the Miracle was based in Los Angeles and doing cruises to the Mexican Riviera. This comes as the cruise line now also sends the Carnival Paradise, which has been there since 2011, into an extended dry dock. And when it comes out, it will rejoin the Miracle at the Port of Tampa, along with having several new venues and attractions and balcony staterooms. The Carnival Miracle underwent the same Funship 2.0 enhancement just a little over a couple of years ago and added several popular features. Um, but it's still lacking a guy's burger joint and blue iguana cantina. But once Paradise joins the Miracle, like we said, Carnival will have doubled their capacity out of the Tampa port. Awesome. Well, always glad, uh, good to see more cruise ships here in Florida. On the flip side, Carnival responded to all those ships that didn't pass the USPH inspections. What'd they say? Well, to uh, coin a quote from them, we have taken immediate corrective action. This all comes on the heels of Carnival Liberty receiving a failing score during its most recent vessel sanitation program inspection. And this is where an inspector will show up with a clipboard um, and just go through the ship from stem to stern and find all the little errors, if there are any. And during this inspection, the Liberty received a score of only 80, which is five points below the 85-point minimum score required to achieve a passing grade. Um, the other ships, Carnival Vista, Triumph, and Breeze, each received similarly low scores during their unannounced inspections. So um, what's Carnival going to do about it? Well, they have said that they're providing widespread and intensive retraining and continuing education to all levels of their shipboard team, and this is fleet-wide. Moving on, Norwegian Cruise Line had a big week this week. They did. They recently announced the name of their newest ship, and it's going to be called the Norwegian Encore. I like that name. Mm -hmm. The steel-cutting ceremony recently took place, and the ship is supposed to enter service in the fall of 2019 and will be home-ported in Miami 
Norwegian Encore is the fourth ship in the cruise line's Breakaway Plus class, and it will join Norwegian Escape, Norwegian Joy, which is over sailing in China, and the new Norwegian Bliss, which is going to come out later this spring in April. Uh, according to what they've said, the Encore will carry 4,000 passengers, and of course it will include their trademark studio staterooms, and I love these. They're for solo passengers. They're 100 square feet, so they're tiny, but, you know, you don't need a whole lot of room. And they're also inside, but uh, they include a lounge for all the solo studio passenger guests to congregate. But um, I found out on a past sailing that any solo passenger can use the lounge. You just have to check in. Um, You don't have to be a studio guest. So I think they're just trying to get more people together for happy hour and breakfast and and things like that. So it's a great meeting place. Um, it's not a pickup joint, <laughs> but it's just a really, <laughs> it's a nice lounge. They happen to have a bar that you have to pay for, but um, they have coffee and danishes and all sorts of nice uh, things to have with your drink. Norwegian Encore was supposed to be designed for China, but they backed out because what? Uh, demand wasn't as strong as they thought it was going to be? You know, I think I think we're going to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um the Encore, as you said, was originally supposed to sail in China. You know, the Joy, like I said, is already there. But, um, you know, I don't know if there's been some overkill mm-hmm. with uh, building all these new ships or, or refitting them for the China market. Uh, it remains to be seen. On the subject of Norwegian Cruise Line, they're changing over a dozen itineraries for a Norwegian getaway. Well, um, it has to do with Hurricane Irma. And they've just announced that for spring and summer of this year, They're going to visit ports in the Western Caribbean instead of the Eastern Caribbean. Um, They've altered the ship's itineraries. It'll actually run from April through September. And they're going to be, you know, reevaluating the ports as they get through the season. But the getaway, whose original Eastern Caribbean itinerary included St. Thomas, Tortola, and Nassau, will now instead visit Roatan in Honduras. Costa Maya, Mexico, Cozumel, Mexico, and Harvest Key, their uh, purpose-built island uh, off of Belize. Royal Caribbean is testing a price hike on one of their restaurants aboard Oasis of the Seas. Yes, Johnny Rockets, one of my favorite places to go to. Royal Caribbean is testing a new pricing strategy at Johnny Rockets on several of the Oasis of the Seas sailings, and that's going to increase the cover charge from $6.95 to $9.95. Granted, it's just $3, but it's a pilot program, and it's only for a small group of sailings. Um, Royal Caribbean has said that there are no plans to roll it out across the fleet or any other sailings beyond these few on the Oasis. And that brings the old, uh, you know, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. If it's going to start with one, it's going to spread to them all eventually. Mm-hmm. I would think you never—they never go back. When have, you know they don't reduce. No, they the don't. Prices, no, we, usually. <laughs> you know when Norwegian did that though, when they rolled out, um, what was it? Was it Escape? They rolled out Margaritaville, and they rolled it out as complimentary, and then they started charging, and it's like Deadsville in there now. Yeah, I, I was at the one on the getaway, and uh, yeah, it was pretty empty. That's what it was. It might have been the getaway they rolled it out on. Um, cool. We always like answering your listener questions. If you have one, drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. This comes from Jessica. What's the cheapest time to cruise other than hurricane season? Well, Jessica, there are some options. Um, and keeping in mind that hurricane season is June 1 through November 30th, you know, sort of 
takes out half the year there. So um, I will say, though, that the week right after Thanksgiving, which is the telltale end of hurricane season, generally has really good pricing. And then also, if you can wait another week and a half, maybe uh, the middle week in December is usually a slump somewhere around the, you know, the 12th to the 14th, whatever day of the week that happens to be. And then the very first cruise of the new year, those are always slow. So if you can jump on something on January 1st or 2nd or 3rd, you generally will find some terrific pricing. And then there's the occasionally you'll find the week before Memorial Day. Um, because that is, you know, the kickoff for summer cruising and prices always peak during that time. But if you can go the week before Memorial Day, you might be able to find a good rate. And then again, I know you said you don't want to go during hurricane season, but I have to mention that that week right after school starts, generally the week right after Labor Day, you can get some great rates. And if you're a gambler, <laughs> then book it for that week. The pricing will be really low, and you never know where you'll go to. <laughs> yeah, you may end up at a different port. So. I, I've um, I've had some really, really good luck in pricing out of out of here in Jacksonville, uh, Port Canaveral, in Miami. All uh, in those weeks in September you were talking about, where uh, once I got a sailing on Norwegian Sky for eighty nine dollars, and it, it wasn't. A disrupted cruise. It wasn't. It was just a regular cruise during hurricane season, and it was for eighty nine dollars. It was like probably the best cruise deal I've ever scored. That's crazy. And that's for that was a three nighter or a four nighter. Yeah, that was the, the three night going just to the private island. Actually, you know what? Their their three nighter went yeah to the private island and to Nassau back then. I think it still does. Maybe. Was, yeah, and that was basically a free cruise, and your money went to cover uh, gratuities. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You think? That was out of yeah. Miami, though, so I had to pay like 20 bucks a day to park. So it really cost me more than $89 <laughs> a person, but in um, yeah, in my head, it sounded good. Yeah, they just wanted to get people on board so the crew would get their tip. All right, we've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
Today's guest is Commander Amy Trefoletti. She is the chief of the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program. These are the folks that make sure the ships are clean and give out the uh, passing or fail grades uh, during those USPH inspections. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Amy, explain to us what exactly is the Vessel Sanitation Program. So, uh, CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program, or VSP, we assist the cruise industry to prevent and control the introduction, transmission, and spread of gastrointestinal illnesses or illnesses that cause vomiting and diarrhea mm-hmm. on cruise ships. So, is this a health inspection? Uh, it's very similar to a, a health inspection, but that's that's only part of our mission. So we inspect cruise ships in periodic, unannounced operational sanitation inspections, similar to maybe what you know about from a local restaurant inspection. Mm-hmm. We also monitor gastrointestinal illness and on ships, and then we investigate or respond to outbreaks as needed. We also have a training program where we train cruise ship employees on public health practices. And then we also um, provide health education and reliable and current public health information to cruise ship industry, as well as the traveling public. Uh, public health professionals, and we also do interact with state and local health authorities. What cruise ships require an inspection? So the cruise ships that we consider under our jurisdiction are those that have 13 or more passengers and have a foreign itinerary with a U.S. port included. And these ships um, actually that fall under our jurisdiction, similar to a shoreside health inspection, we inspect those ships twice a year. And it's unannounced, so you show up and you're like, surprise! Yes, that's exactly how it is. Once the inspector gets on board, what are they looking for and how long does it take? So our inspections, uh, the length of time depends on the size of the ship and mm-hmm. the number of inspections on board. But um, depending on the size, we'll have one to four inspectors go on board the ship. And we're looking to see if it complies with public health standards that we have published in the current version of our VSP operations manual. They usually last about 8 to 10 hours, depending on the number of inspectors, the size of the ship, as I mentioned, and any issues we identify during the inspection. There are several areas that we look at, um, in addition to sort of food safety, which I mentioned. Uh, We also look at the medical facilities, particularly related to gastrointestinal illness surveillance and documentation. We also look at their potable water systems. You know, as you imagine, a cruise ship is a floating city, so they kind of are providing all of the facilities on board. So we look at potable water from source to storage, as well as disinfection and distribution and those processes. Uh, We look at the recreational activities on board, particularly swimming pools, whirlpools, water parks, all those kinds of facilities for filtration, disinfection, general maintenance and safety. Uh, We also look at the child activity centers, particularly diaper changing stations, illness and infection control for children, hand washing stations, their toilet rooms. We look at their hotel accommodations, uh, particularly routine cleaning sequences, as well as infection control procedures if they were to have an outbreak of gastrointestinal illness. We also look at ventilation systems for system maintenance and uh, cleaning. And then finally, we look at several common areas of the ship, uh, particularly for pest management strategies, so they don't have any um, infestations of pests, and general cleanliness and maintenance in these areas. What I'm picturing is like an inspector walking on board with a thermometer and checking the temps of where the meat's kept, the beverages and all that. Am I correct in in thinking that? We have several tools that we use, and thermometers and flashlights are probably the most important tools that we have in our toolkit. Um, We check temperatures of areas where they're storing food, whether it's hot or cold units. We also check temperatures of the individual food products. We're also assessing um, to see employee habits for hand washing, 
cleanliness, hygiene, uh, whether anybody is ill, if they have a beard, if they're wearing a beard restraint. We're also checking the general cleanliness of areas. That's where the flashlight's really important. And then uh, we're also checking their cleaning and sanitizing facilities, like their wear wash machines and um, the temperatures that they're maintaining in those areas. So poolside, are they checking the pH levels and the chlorine levels in like the hot tubs and the pools out there? Yes. So we uh, check pH as well as the halogen-based disinfectant. It's usually either chlorine or bromine. We kind of touched on this earlier, but how similar is a US pH inspection on a ship versus an inspection at a like a local restaurant? Sure. So the inspection of the food areas is very similar to what you'd see in a land-based restaurant inspection. And actually, our inspection requirements for food areas are based on the Food and Drug Administration's model food code. Mm -hmm. And that's the same food code that many shoreside jurisdictions have adopted. How often do cruise ships not pass these inspections? Well, each inspection is a snapshot in time when we're on board. Um, We inspect um, over 200 cruise ships per year, and most of these will actually pass their inspection. Um, And just so you know, our inspection is based on a score of 100, Mm -hmm. and we consider 86 and above to be passing. So 85 and below is actually a failing score. So in calendar year 2017, we conducted 256 of these routine unannounced operational inspections, and we did have 17 failures. So in 2016, um, I'll throw some numbers at you, we had four failures out of 238 inspections. In 2015, we had five failures out of 269 inspections. In 2014, we had 12 failures out of 248 inspections. And then in 2013, we had 15 failures out of 231 inspections. What happens when a cruise ship fails? Ships that fail an inspection are actually Mm -hmm. re-inspected within sort of a reasonable time period, usually um, four to to eight weeks. We try and get back on board. Because again, the re-inspection is unannounced. Uh, so they don't know that we're coming back again. Any words of wisdom to cruisers before sailing? Uh, We have our inspection reports and scores, as well as the corrective action statements that that cruise ships submit. Those are all available on the VSP website at cdc.gov. With the flu so bad right now, any tips for staying healthy at sea? First and foremost, you know, we, we get a lot of calls or questions from the cruising public. What can I do to prevent myself from becoming sick? When I'm on a cruise ship, you know, really the most important thing is wash your hands. That will help prevent the transmission of a lot of communicable illnesses. Um, so you should always wash your hands before you eat, before you drink, um, or put anything in your mouth. Also, after touching your face, going to the bathroom, and of course, when your hands are dirty. We also advise that if you see some getting sick, someone getting sick with vomiting or diarrhea, that you leave the area as soon as possible, um, and then report to crew staff if they have not been notified already. In general, take care of yourself. I know when you're on vacation, you tend to um, maybe not get as much rest or drink as much water as you need to, but that's really important to help keep your immune system in in good shape, and um, drinking water helps prevent dehydration. And then also be considerate of other people's health. If you're sick before taking a cruise, you can always call the cruise line to find out if there are alternative cruising options if you're not well enough to cruise. And if you get sick during the cruise, report your illness to the medical staff on board and stay in your room um, until your symptoms are gone as the medical staff advises. We've been talking with Commander Amy Trafaletti, Chief of the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program. Thanks for joining us, Commander. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.